Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. And I think as a parent, we need to dive into our child's heart. And the way to do that is just to get them alone and listen and listen and, and find carve that time out to, to just, you know, be the two of you. Intentional time. It is so important. And one of the things that today's guest says is to start while they're young so that when they are teenagers, your children still want to spend time with you. Today on Connections, we're joined by Lucille Williams. She is a podcaster, an author, as well as the women's director at Palmcroft Church in Phoenix, Arizona. She's also a regular guest here on our show. Today, she's going to share with us how we can start making intentional time for our children. We can decide where our kids fall on our priority scale and how we can move them up on that list. We're joined today by Lucille Williams. She's a regular guest on our show. She's an author as well as a podcaster. She's also the new women's director at Palmcroft Church in Phoenix, Arizona. Tell us a little bit about that and that new exciting change in your life. Yeah, that was, it was so unexpected. You know, my husband is the children's pastor at uh, Palmcroft Church and we moved to Arizona because moved to Arizona because God was calling him here. And so I've been serving alongside of him for about a, a year now. And I was approached by one of the pastors at our church because the women's director who had been there for years and years and years retired. And I was approached and asked if I would pray about applying to be the next women's director. And I was like, oh, so I did. I prayed about it and I ended up, you know, applying. And then I went through a series of interviews. There was other applicants, as you know, you can imagine that's usually mm-hmm. the case. And uh, they ended up deciding on me. So it's been a, a whirlwind. I've had events and I have Bible studies starting and it's just been really exciting. It's a lot of fun. I love working in the lives of women and moms and family. You know, I've been working with families for years, but now I get to work directly with uh, moms and, you know, women of all ages. It's been really exciting. I like it. And that was a question I was going to have. What are you looking forward to the most with this new role? Mostly just seeing change in people's lives, seeing people come to Christ and training people on how to evangelize their neighbors and get into our community. It's, it's just such an amazing opportunity. And every day is just like, okay, Lord, show me how you want me to proceed today. Now you're also an author and you're also a regular guest on our show. Today, we want to chat about intentional time. When you say intentional time, what do you mean by intentional time? This is by far one of my favorite subject subjects to talk about with regard to raising our kids, because, you know, we, we give our kids time, but it needs to be focused time. We need to think about what exactly our time looks like when we're with our children. And one of the things my husband and I really, really focused on when raising our children was getting one-on-one time with each child where it was just us and them. So their siblings weren't there. You know, sometimes you'll be having a conversation with one of your kids and they open up about something sensitive and one of the other kids will make a joke about it. And, you know, especially our family, our, our love language is teasing each other. We're just <laughs> really, really crazy that way. Like we all get together and laugh and just have a really good time. And you, you know, to get one-on-one with a child so that you can just nurture that heart. Cause you know, in Proverbs 4.23, it says above all else, 
guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And I think as a parent, we need to dive into our child's heart. And the way to do that is just to get them alone and listen and listen and, and find, carve that time out to, to just, you know, be the two of you. And I think with each child, it's different. Like with my daughter, when she was uh, five, I started something called chat time and it was girl chat time and her little brother, it was for an hour. Her little brother got to go in his room and play with toys. And she and I would sit down I would make her some hot cocoa and I'd have a cup of tea or coffee. And I would just listen to her for an hour and she could talk about whatever she want wanted to. And I did not overreact to anything. Like if she told me something that was kind of alarming and my heart rate would go up, mm. I would just accept it and listen and, you know, no correction because the, the key with that time with your kids, when you're listening is if they say something and then you react to it, then your child's going to make a note and go, okay, don't talk to mom about that. And then, then you're not safe. So it was creating that safe space where she could come and sit and talk. And even to this day, she says that she loved those, you know, chat times that she just got to be with mom and we would talk. And my husband was doing the same thing. His looked a little different. Like as she grew older, even teenager, young adult, they would go on car rides. And he said she would just talk to him for like an hour, just talk, 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 talk. He created space to listen to her. So with a girl, it's it's easy to do those. With boys, it's a little more challenging because a little boy doesn't want to sit down over tea and talk. Like that's just, you know, I mean, you might have one that wants to do that. I certainly didn't. I had two boys. They didn't want to do that. I mean, every once in a while I'd take them for coffee and they would, you know, open up. But for the most part, when especially when they're little, you got to take them in the backyard. You got to kick a soccer ball around. You got to play baseball. You just got to, you know, do something with them and then and then start asking questions. You know, hey, how are you doing? And just listen. So you have to with boys, you got to dig a little more and find out what gets them opening up. And, you know, each kid is different. Like one of my boys, it was Taco Bell. I don't know if you have Taco Bell in Canada, we but it's do. like a, you do. Okay, so, <laughs> <We> do. <laughs> okay, good to know. All I had to do was take him to Taco Bell and he would just, he would just splur out whatever was going on. He just loved Taco Bell. And I would take him there and we'd sit down. Even if he was mad at me, I'd say, do you want to go to Taco Bell? Yeah, mom. And, and, you know, all was forgiven if I got him Taco Bell and that was, you know, that was our time together and we would talk. And then my other son, it, you know, again, food, uh, anytime I took him for food, like he, he was kind of a quiet kid. My, my third one. And if I'd sit him down and give him food, he would talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like you just had to feed him. It was kind of a bribe, you know, you just fed him and then he'd talk. But when you sit and listen and find out what's going on with your kids and spend that time being together and they know you're safe and that no matter what happens, they can come to you and you're not going to overreact. You're going to be on their side. That's the thing. Sometimes kids feel like their parents are against them. Like, you know, oh, they want to take this away from me. They want to punish me. If something happens at school and my parents find out, I'm going to be in trouble. We didn't, we didn't do the in trouble thing with our kids. We did a, okay, tell us what happened. We're on your side. Okay. How do we deal with this now? Like, what do you need to do to fix this? Not, oh, you're in trouble now and you're grounded. We didn't do that. If something came up at school where they got in, you know, they had some repercussions at school for something they did because of their actions. We said, okay, well, tell us what happened. We listened and we tried to help them sort it out. And then we helped them come up with a resolution. 
that communication there too when you are listening and then eventually communication this is something that can help for years down the road yes yes absolutely and then another intentional thing my husband and I did is we picked one night a week it was Friday we called it Friday family night and from really young they knew they had mom and dad all Friday night they had our attention we would do things that were focused on them We usually started out at a restaurant, usually like a fast food place that they could go play, but it was what they wanted. And the whole night they had mom and dad's attention. It really wasn't that much different than other nights, Mm -hmm. but we all knew Friday was family night. We were going to be together. And it went, we thought by the time they hit, you know, we started getting into the teenage years, they would want to ditch us, but that didn't happen. They would tell their friends they couldn't do stuff on Friday nights because it was family night. And it like my husband and I were blown away. Like, we're like, really? And there was one time my uh, son, it was a Friday. And for some reason, there was no school that day. And uh, some of this group of his friends came over and they went to the park and they did some things and they were all hanging out. And then they came back to the house and his friend said goodbye. And I heard the kids talking about that. They were going to go get pizza and watch movies and they were leaving my son out. And I was like, I felt Mm. so bad. I'm like, why are they ditching him? Like, like what, what happened? Like, you know, you, my kids left out. And so I go over, I go, Joe, I go, your friends are going to get pizza. You know, why aren't you going with them? He looked at me, mom, it's Friday. It's family night. I don't want to go with them. I was, I was literally blown away. I was blown away. He was choosing to be with our family and, you know, me and my husband and our other two kids over hanging out with his teenage friends. And, you know, I, we, my husband and I didn't know the power of family night until they got older and, you know, they were, they were so wanting to be with us. One time, one of my uh, daughter's birthday parties, um, and she had all her friends there and one of her friends joked, you know, we know, don't ask Monica to do anything on Friday night because she's going to be with her family. And I, you know, it, it was amazing how much our kids just really loved that. And again, intentional time. We said, this is, this is devoted to you. Fridays are going to be for you. And so through the years, you know, things would come up, Bible studies and different things. You know, my husband's a pastor. We would tell people, nope, Friday night's booked. We can't do a Bible study on Friday night. We can't do that on Friday night. That is devoted to our kids. And they knew it. And it was, it was kind of a sacred night in our family. And it worked out really well. In my head right now, I'm going through all of these excuses as to why I can't do this, uh, like can't find the time. There's two children. We work opposite shifts. But really, like you said, it's intentional. How do we get to a place like that? Like we're at the perfect time of the year, at the beginning of the year. If we want to start something fresh, we want to start new. Now is the time to do this. But how can we start if we're kind of sitting there like me going, well, no, I've got two of them. I work mornings. My husband works evenings. How in the world can we give them their own time? Where do we start? Oh, it could be so hard. I think it starts with mom and dad sitting down and going, okay, where, where can we move things around so that we can show our kids that they're top priority? Because, you know, at some point one day they're going to, they're going to pack up, they're going to go, they're going to go. And, and then they're going to start having their own kids. And then you're a grandma or a grandpa, and then you're going to be calling them. Hey, when can I see the kids? Oh, sorry, mom, I'm too busy. No, no, that's not a good weekend. You know, you can't come. No, we're doing that. And that's what happens when you put your kids on the back burner and you don't make that intentional time for them and you don't show them that they are special and it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You are going to carve out time for them when they're older, they'll do the same for you. I mean, there's times 
when, when my kids all want, want to spend time with me and I'm trying to juggle who I'm going to go see. I mean, they still want to spend time with me and my mm. husband. And even just yesterday, I got a, I, I, our son lives in another state and my husband and I got a text that our grandson wants to know when grandpa's coming <laughs> and, you know, and, and we get that all the time. My husband, my son will, you know, say, when are you coming? Like, I've, I've already got a book trip. I've got a book trip. I've got a trip booked <laughs> to Texas right now as we speak to go see my grandson and my son and my daughter-in-law and my little grandbaby, because they're always inviting me to come. And I know it's because when my son was young, I made time for him. And now he's making time for me. And, you know, my daughter and her family, same, same way. You know, if my husband, and I give him a call and say, Hey, you know, what are you guys doing today? Is it okay if we, you know, come over? They're like, yeah, yeah, come over. And they're like, even tonight, my youngest is moved out, but he's coming over tonight to hang out with us. We've already got it on the calendar. So, you know, when you make time for them, they're going to make time for you. And I see so many older folks with adult children where their kids just don't make time for them. They, they don't, they don't, they're not part of their lives. And, you know, it's really sad when you, you know, talk to those folks because they're really sad. So sometimes all it takes is look into your future and say, what is it I want to see in my future? Do I want to have my kids in my life when they're older, when they're teenagers, when, you know, their life gets busy? Do I want to still be in their life? Well, if we don't do that now, when they're young and start that pattern, then when they're older, we don't get to be part of that. And I can honestly say that whatever stage my kids were in, you know, the elementary school, the junior high, the high school stage, the college stage, my husband and I were part of every single stage of their lives. Seriously, I'm not even kidding. Uh, when my kids were in college, I would go visit them at school and they welcomed me and they would hang out with me and they would find time in between their busy college schedules so that they could hang out with mom. And it, it, it's been, I, I just cherish my relationship with my kids. And I think it can happen if you just carve out that intentional time for them. It's wonderful. And it, it fosters a beautiful relationship when you take time to just sit and listen to your kids and, and, and show them that they matter and what they say matters to you and that you're going to listen to them and you're going to take them serious. Going into our conversation today, my thought was, you know, well, yeah, when they're young, they want to spend time with you, but as they grow up, they don't. But you obviously are proving to us that that is definitely not the case. Do you know, Colleen, I have heard that so many times from parents, their kids hit that like teenage years and they say, oh, they don't want to be with their parents. The teenagers, they don't want to hang out with their parents. And truthfully, those years, that's when they're pushing us away. They really are. They, they are verbally and physically pushing us away, but that is normal. They, they do that because they are fighting their own independence. They have to learn that they can stand on their own two feet without mom and dad. And it's critical that they push us away at those times, but they really don't want us away. They're just trying to find their own space, their own individuality, their own identity. So yes, they will push you away and it's good. And we need that. But at the same time, if you, I've worked with kids for many years and I've asked teenagers, do you want to spend more time with your parents they always say, yes, I would love to spend more time with my parents. The problem is it's this dance starts where the kid's starting to grow up 
and they want to be on their own and they say things like, go away, you don't understand me. And, you know, I don't want to talk to you. Get out of my room. You know, I heard all those things. I hate you. I heard all of those things. I heard all of those things. They don't really mean it. They're just, I mean, it's tough years. They're struggling. And so parents take that as, okay, they really don't want me around. And so go ahead, do your own thing. No, when you hear those things, that's when you need to dive in and get closer. That's when you need to say, okay, what's going on? Like give them their space when they want space. I mean, they have to have their own space. That's critical. You've got to give them space, but you need to wait patiently and wait for the times where they're going to let you in. Sometimes it's late at night. Sometimes it's when you pick them up after school and you go take them for a burger and then they'll talk. You just got to be a little more patient through those years and they will open up, but you have to keep making space for them. You have to get that intentional time in. So when those rocky years come and they're struggling and they are, you know, telling you to go away and yelling at you and all of those lovely things that teenagers sometimes do, that's just a cry for help. That's not really go away. That's I'm struggling and I need someone to come alongside me and help me. So you give them their space for a time, but then you, you know, check in. But here's where a lot of parents make mistakes too, is, you know, they say things like, you know, you better not be dating and what are you doing? You know, they, they throw out the threats and don't do this and don't do that. It needs to be, you need to be a safe space. If you're safe, they will come to you. And things happen. Like my daughter, this, she had a, a critical moment in her child rearing years where she was like, oh, mom and dad really are safe. Like she was, there was something that happened. She was completely blown away at when she was in um, elementary school. I think she was fifth or sixth grade. I don't know exactly. She would remember. And some, she was ha- struggling this year. And so she started forging my signature on things because it was like, okay, you got a bad grade take it home, have mom sign it, bring it back. And she was embarrassed to tell me that she was struggling. And when she, there was this little field trip the kids did. And for whatever reason, the teachers pegged certain students as the bad kids, that they're the ones that were the troublemakers. But my daughter really hadn't done anything. So they made them, they made them take this thing home to tell their parents that they misbehaved on this field trip. And she needed my signature. Well, she forged it, but the teacher caught her forging it and knew it wasn't my signature. So the, um, she came home and I, I was in the kitchen and she's like, mom, we went on this field trip and um, the teacher said that I you know, misbehaved and I need you to you know, look at this paper. And she said, I forged your signature on it. I'm like, oh, that's okay. And I looked at it and I go, that's okay, sweetie. I said, if you need to forge my signature on stuff, just, just do it. Like if you forget to have me sign a paper and you're at school, I go, it's fine. Just, just sign it. Now I know there's parents going, are you kidding me? You can't let your kid do that. You've got to like, like, I'm sure I can hear the screams of protest, but here's the thing. I knew my daughter. She was more concerned about her grades than I did. I knew her heart. I, she would get so upset if, if she did bad on a test or her, you know, her grades. Like I just knew like, because I knew I knew her heart. I saw her in her room getting upset over something she couldn't understand and coming to me and my husband for help. She it really mattered to her that that what the teachers thought of her and that her grades would be good. So I knew I didn't need to worry about her worrying about school because she worried about school more than I did. So if she forgot to get my signature on something, I don't want her getting at school, getting in trouble at school just because I didn't sign something. I trusted her. 
I trusted her to write my name because I knew that, that she was going to do the right thing. I knew her heart. I knew her. And so I wasn't worried about it. And, you know, sometimes I would investigate things. Like I didn't just assume that what my kids told me was the truth. I would go find out. I would go talk to people. I would go talk to yard duties. I'd go talk to teachers. I'd go talk to their friends. So I like, cause sometimes, you know, our kids can paint a picture to us. Yeah. That's a certain way with us, but they're really not like that. Well, if there was any inkling that something was up, I would go to the school. There was one time my youngest was getting in trouble at school. And so I asked the principal, can I, can I be here on campus and tag along to see what's going on with him? He said, absolutely. So I got a pass. I showed up when school started. I followed him around all day long. I did. I did it for like a whole week. And, and I talked to the library lady. I talked to his friends. I talked to the yard duties. And it was so funny because I would be in the lunchroom and the little kids would come up to me and they'd say, Mrs. Williams, please help us. These ladies are so mean to us. And I was like, wow, my son's been telling me the truth. These lunch ladies are pretty mean. And, you know, and, and I saw it myself. I didn't just listen to, you know, I'd like, okay, well, I heard. And then I investigated. Oh, I'm, I'm just going back thinking about your daughter. My daughter is the exact same thing. But what amazes me the most when you react in the way, like you said, oh, well, that's fine. The, their face, their yeah. face, their little faces. Well, my daughter's only seven, but they're shocked. Uh-huh. They're, they're the yeah. shock in their face. Like, what? Why am I not getting in trouble? Exactly. And when you look at your little child and you say, I trust you. I trust you. I know you're going to do the right thing. I trust you. You can tell me anything. I trust you. Then they start, they, 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 they rise to the level of what we're expecting of them. If you say, I trust you and I know you're going to make good decisions, then most likely that's what they're going to do. I mean, yeah, they're going to do things wrong here and there, but for the most part, they're going to, they're going to rise above things and they're going to be well. And one thing I can say about my three children, all of them, they're adults now, they're good people. They're, I I love the people they are on any given day. If you said, who do you want to hang out with today? It's going to be one of my kids because they're great people. They're, they're honorable. They're, they're kind. They, they focus on being kind to others. Those are the things I want. I wanted them to be good people, people who we're kind to other people and all three of them are like that. And now they're making intentional time for you. Yes, they are. <laughs> wonderful and I love it. For people who want to learn more about you, want to pick up the book where they can learn about intentional time, how can they go about doing that? They can get it at bookstores, on Amazon, online. You can go to my website, lucesses.com. The book is The Impossible Kid. And it's, it's available and I'm getting great feedback. People are really loving what's in the book. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Colleen. It's been an honor. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation again or to any of the other conversations that we've had on Connections, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.